At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It is Holden with Beeson. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers, and it's going to be game four of the Stanley Cup Finals coming up tonight. It's in Tampa, and it's the Avalanche up two games to one. Now, whether you're cheering on Tampa Bay or Colorado, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for the latest odds, promotions, and boosts through the finals every game of the playoffs. Log into Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, place three $10 same game parlays, receive a free. $10 bet. Claim your Bet Rivers bet for tonight's Game 4 matchup on Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Terms and conditions apply. See the site for details. In Colorado, you have to be 21. You have to be located in the state of Colorado. And if you have a gambling problem, please get some help and call 1-800-522-4700. Let's get into the game lines for game number four. Can the Avalanche bounce back after a putrid performance in game number three. Here are the lines. Abs on the puck line. They're getting one and a half on the puck line here, being on the road. And the Lightning are actually favorites in a game for the first time this series. So the Avalanche to lose by one goal. That's it. They can't lose by two. Minus 265. That is not a bet I would recommend. Lightning to win on the puck line, plus 215. Now this line opened up, the Avalanche were right around minus 110, the Lightning were right around minus 106. It fluctuated a little bit, woke up this morning, and for the first time in this series, the Lightning are favored in a game. They're minus 110, Avalanche minus 105. So very, very, very tight, but some money coming in 
on Tampa Bay. The total here, staying low. It's at six, minus 104 to the over. The juice to the under at minus 114. We still don't know who's going to be in net tonight for the Avalanche as of this recording. My buddy Ian St. Clair from Play Colorado, playcolorado.com is going to join me. We're going to break down this series with him. Going to give you my thoughts here right now, though. By the way, the series market here, Avalanche were minus, what, 600? Six, a little over minus 600 before game number three. Right now, you can get him at minus 295. Again, the juice too heavy for me. Lightning plus 245. If the Avalanche end up losing this game, I see this line going back down to minus 140, minus 150. And then if you wanted to jump in again, I would be absolutely fine with it. Uh, we had Kale McCarr winning the Norris Trophy last night for the best defenseman in the NHL. So congratulations to Kale McCarr. He's coming off a rough game there, but he's the first player in Avs franchise history to win the Norris. He is still the favorite for the Smythe Trophy winner. That would be the MVP throughout the playoffs. McCarr's minus 225. Now, Nathan McKinnon, I mean, maybe the bull in the China shop wakes up here tonight. Plus 450, Vasilevsky, who was a about a plus 1,100 earlier in the series, now plus 600 after a nice game the other night. He's plus 600. Kucherov, 11 to 1. Miko Ranton, 14 to 1. But again, Kale McCarr uh, is the guy here that is still the favorite in the series. So let's get into this. A lot of questions, a lot of questions here. First of all, I'm going to give you the good news before we get to answering some questions. You're still up two games to one if you're the Avalanche. That's the most important thing. Uh, more good news. Special teams have been remarkable for the Avs. They're 5 for 11 on the power play. They've killed off 12 of 13 penalties. So they are really good defensively. I think game three was the outlier, and I don't see them being that bad again. And I know there are some Avs fans that are panicking. I look at social media. I see what they're saying. Oh, the Avs are going to lose in seven games. It's all over. We thought this series was going to go deep. The only thing was the Avalanche looked so dominant in game number two, and a lot of us bought into it and thought it was going to be a shorter series. Uh, I still think we got a six or seven game series here. So hold on. Tampa Bay is going to win one or two more games in this series, and everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. The Avalanche are still 14 and three in the playoffs. And after their two prior losses, they came back and they won both games. So that's something to look at tonight. As far as value goes, when you're getting the avalanche at almost even money, I kind of want to go back to the Avs. But we'll discuss more of that as the show goes on. Uh, I do think the Avs are going to win tonight, by the way. And then we got to figure out who's in net, okay? I, I, does it matter at this point? That, that's the question I'm asking myself. And I don't think it matters at this point because this is the first Stanley Cup team that could win with a goalie controversy. And why? Because their defense is so suffocating. Their offense is so explosive. They're a faster team. They're a better team. And they're a deeper team than what we see with the Lightning right now. Now, what's going on in net? Who should start? I told you before the series started, I thought Francois should be in there. Darcy Kempers had, had a couple of good games, didn't face many shots, but he had a couple of good games in the series, had the shutout in game number two, really didn't face any shots at all. Now we saw Darcy Kemper kind of step back. He didn't have any help defensively, but he was awful nonetheless, okay? Um, oof, that second period was just brutal. 
And his playoff save percentage is 892. That, that's subpar. You, you've got to be better than that, Darcy Kemper. I hope it's François. Again, I thought he would be the right call coming into the Stanley Cup Finals, 6-0 and when they start a playoff game. Is it like wins in baseball? Eh, maybe, maybe. But we know that François is not a big drop-off from Kemper. And right now he might be an improvement because Darcy just is not getting the job done. There was a question that I saw out there. Can you win a cup with a goalie controversy? And my answer to that question is yes, you absolutely can win a cup with a goalie controversy. Why? Back to this again. Tremendous defensively. Yes, I know they stunk <laughs> in game number three. I mean, to, to say they stunk would probably be an understatement, right? It, it was just absolutely brutal, 100%. Uh, Taves was awful. McCarr was awful. They were both minus three. They had multiple defensive breakdowns. Again, I'm going to go back to this and say it's the outlier. This is not what is going to happen tonight. They're going to have a better effort than they had. And every time they've lost the game here in the playoffs, they've come back and they've won the next one. Now, were there some things that swung the pendulum in game one? Yeah, the offsides that took the game, that took the first goal away was bad, but then the Avs bounced back after that. I just think it came to the second period. Tampa Bay was the hungrier team. Tampa Bay made the adjustments, and Darcy Kemper stunk, right, with his defense just being completely brutal in front of him. So I think tonight's – here's where I'm going with tonight's play. I'm going to go very, very simple. I'm not going to try and reinvent the wheel with uh, block shots or points on a player or what. We, we can let Ian give us that angle, and I'll probably tail. He's been really good in these playoffs. But for me, the official play tonight, let's go back to the Avalanche, minus 105. Oh, my God. All right, so I'm taping this at 8.20 in the morning on Wednesday, back mountain time. Three minutes, maybe five minutes ago, whenever it was when I started the show, it was minus one, what, 105 for the Avalanche. Now we've got even money on both sides. Uh, or actually, we have the same amount of money on both sides. Minus 108 for the Avalanche, minus 108 for the Lightning. So a little shift there. Very interesting. So if you can get in on this, minus 108 is still a good price. I, I don't see the avalanche being anything more than a minus 110 before it's all said and done. So I don't think you have to race to the book to get this bet in. I also <laughs> don't see um, this getting much better. I don't think they get to even money. It's very close to even money. And again, we're in a situation now where the value is there. If you think it's a toss-up, and I think it's kind of a toss-up, that's the way to go. If you really want to get crazy, Colorado in regular time on the three-way bet. Colorado, regular time, three-way bet, plus 148. So you're getting big plus money there. The Lightning are plus 145, and uh, for it to go to overtime, plus 340. Here we go again. I just got another shift. So this thing's going crazy this morning. It'll be interesting to see where it really ends up. We had minus 108 on both sides. Now we got Lightning minus 109, Colorado minus 107. It's, it's itty-bitty moves, but it's fluctuating at a very high rate this morning. Absolutely fascinating. Uh, goal scores. McKinnon's got to get going, right? Don't you? I feel like McKinnon is going to get going. I'm not going to place the player props. I want to keep it simple. But I'll tell you this much. If St. Clair comes on here in just a few minutes and he starts talking about how he thinks Nathan McKinnon is going to go out and just start railroading, then plus 128 is a great price. 
Uh, a couple other ones here. Let's look at Kale McCarr, plus 275. He cannot be as bad as he was last game. Um, we'll get some assists at him. We'd like to see him score a little bit more, right? That would be a nice thing to see. And then uh, as far as player points go, the Lekkonen goal, the Lekkonen power play point, I thought was a good move the last game. It just didn't end up paying off because the team did not perform to the standards that we're used to seeing them perform. So that's some of the player props that we're seeing here tonight. Um, want to say congratulations though to Kale McCarr because he's the first player in franchise history to win the Norris Trophy. McCarr, the preseason favorite. We saw him back in the summer at plus 500. We got closer to the season starting. He's plus 350. So he was the favorite as the, as the season opened. And then he wins it last night. Congratulations to him. Now, he barely won the Norris, though. There's a lot of people that said Roman Yossi of Nashville. And we saw Yossi. Um, we saw Yossi in that series uh, against the Predators. A lot of people thought he was going to win. Well, guess what? Very close. 1,631 points for Yossi. 1606 um, or 1631 for McCarr, 1606 for Yossi. And Yossi actually had more first place votes, but McCarr uh, just blew him away in second place, uh, completely crushed him, 9876. Okay, I, I, I don't think it was a clear victory here for McCarr again because Yossi got more of the first place votes. It was only by six. Um, so congrats to McCarr. Let's get back to tonight's game, and then we'll get to Ian on here in just a second. I want to talk about this goalie controversy, and it should be a controversy. Bednar did not say anything about who's going to be starting in net tonight. He said, uh, they said, hey, are you sticking with Darcy Kemper? The reporters did, and he goes, that's a possibility. Of course, that's one possibility. That is not very, that's not very reassuring for Darcy Kemper. And for me, again, I'm putting Franco's in net. I think that that performance by Kemper was not an outlier. Um, he, when he's facing shots on net, he's only saving 89.2% of those shots. And you need to be better than that. Has Franco's been better than that? Slightly. Slightly. Now, here's the, here's the part where it could backfire. If Franco's comes out and gets beaten up by Tampa Bay – then, then it's a full-blown controversy, and everybody's talking about Tampa Bay having all the momentum. But I still think that whoever is in net is not as big of a chasm as it would be on the Tampa Bay side, because why? The Avalanche have been limiting shots. They limit shots. They muck it up in front. Their special teams, as I mentioned before, have been remarkable throughout the playoffs and they have been remarkable here in the finals once again five for 11 on the power play which is just astronomical and they've killed 12 or 13 penalties i mean they had five penalties through what two periods the other night um but uh, the special teams has just been muy bueno so again i go with franco's tonight my best bet is going to be Avalanche, let's hold on a second. It's been about a minute and a half since I checked these, these lines here on Bet Rivers. Where are we now? All right, we're at Avalanche minus 107. <laughs> Tampa Bay's back to being a favorite, slight favorite at minus 109. Ian St. Clair from Play Colorado, playcolorado.com, joining us here on the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. We'll come back and catch up with Ian next. 
Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. In three, two, and one. And there he is, Ian Sinclair. You can't see him. He is in his, is that the Sackick jersey? I can't see the number back there. It is the Sackick jersey. All right, very good. It's the good luck. How are you, my friend? Everybody seems to be freaking out about the goaltender situation. I, I'm trying to tell everybody to settle down. Just yeah. settle down. It really is interesting, though, because I'm looking at the lines here on Bent Rivers. I started the show out. They're both minus 108. You know, two minutes later, it was Tampa Bay minus 110. And then the Avalanche minus like 105. Now it's minus 109 to minus 108. The line's just moving an itty, itty, itty bit. How are you feeling about the series right now? I feel good about it. I, I go back to the second round series against St. Louis where the Avs had that three-goal lead late in the third period and the Blues come back, tie it, and then win it in overtime. And I have the same feeling about this game. And it you can even there are bits that we can take from this series in particular to feel good about it and not have to freak out about it look in the second period of game one and the two goals that um plot and sergachev scored 48 seconds apart it was breakdowns by the avalanche through the neutral zone and then their old defensive zone the same thing happened in game three it wasn't tampa played its best game no doubt but Colorado didn't play its best game by far. And I think that's the biggest issue to take away from this is just remember that each game is going to be different. And I think that's what's so startling is how great the Avalanche played in game two and then come back in game three and they're not as sharp. They're not as crisp. They're not as good as we saw in game, in game two. So I, I think it's just remember that it's a series, that each game is different. And it's going to unfold differently. So it, it doesn't surprise me that the lines are moving that quickly. There's one thing that's not going to be determined until we get the warm-ups and we see the line rushes is I, I am all but certain Nazem Kadri is playing in game four. Well, that's a big boost. That's a big boost for Kadri. So we got, we got that. But the other side of things is the goaltending situation. And it just doesn't stop. You know, there was really never a goaltending – controversy during the regular season and I saw a question like hey uh, can you win a cup with a goaltending controversy and I said yeah I think you can yeah. I think yeah. you can and, and I'm still going back to my guy Francois tonight it's a huge gamble Ian and, and I'm looking forward to seeing where you are on this I was talking about it earlier but Kemper just has not been consistently good it's the defense in front of him that's been saving his butt I think you just go with a safe option in Francois tonight now if he fails then you got a full-blown goalie controversy. It's a best of three. You hold your breath, and who the hell knows what's going to happen. I still think the Avalanche would win. Who do you think and who do you want in net in game number four? So I, based on that, based on at any point either goaltender has the ability to just completely fall apart, <laughs> I, I think you have to go back to Kemper just because of that situation. Because if Francois does – 
just crumble in the crease. Can you really go back to Kemper? Cause his mind and he, he's not going to be in that spot. So you have to consider that too. But the other thing, and I said this defensively in front of Darcy Kemper or Pavel Francois, the Avs have to be better than they were in game three. They gave up so many free, basically wide open shots in the slot, I think the slot chances were just absurdly in favor of Tampa Bay. And that's because of how they played, the Avs played defensively. So they have to be better. I think they will. I think they'll get back to the way they played in game, game two, and, and especially after the second period of game one. That's how they'll play defensively. That's how they played defensively the whole playoffs at this point. So I think they'll get back to that, and that will help whoever Jared Bednar has decided to put in the crease, which he told Altitude Radio this morning that he's already made his decision. He's let his coaches know. Of course, he's not going to tell any of us. But I, I would be shocked if it's not Kemper just because of that. If you go, if, if you go with Francois and, and Frankie crumbles – it's going to put you in a really uphill position and a, an untenable one if you have to go back to Kemper and you didn't go with Kemper. So I think they'll go with they'll give Kemper one more shot and expect the defense in front of him to be better. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you there, and I would rather have Franco's in there. It's a little bit riskier, it really is. But Kemper just uh, again, let's just say Tam- let's just say the defense isn't better. Kemper isn't a guy that's going to stop these shots. I don't even know if Frankie is either. But I've seen enough of Kemper. You know, he really hasn't been tested. The one time he's been tested in the series was Game Three, and he was awful. Uh, but I do want to read some stats out here that I think are really interesting through three games. Okay, scoring chance percentage. The Avs still had 65% of the scoring chances in game number three. They have owned the first period. There was the goal that was taken back in this last game, right? The goal was taken back in the first period. They could have won the first period. They lost it two game two, two to one. The scoring chances are there. The high danger chances, 62% of the high danger chances, 62% to 38%. They've just dominated this series. They had two bad periods. Exactly. And I, and you can even go back to game three to get confidence. And then this is what I take away from it. They dominated the third period, mm-hmm. the way that they were able to control the play. I mean, obviously minus a few penalties here and there, and we can get into how I, I think Nikita Kucherov is one of the dirtiest players in the league, but the way they played in the third period, I think will give them confidence. I, I think it will, it will remind them that, if we play our game, if we stick to our P's and Q's, if we stick to our uh, what we do, our plan, we can dominate the series. And they, I, they didn't get any goals, but they're going to want to come out and send a message that game three was an anomaly. We're going to play our game in game four. So I would expect the Avs to be better. And I said this going into the series to you, and we haven't seen him yet. Paige Nathan McKinnon. Mm-hmm. I, I think he, I, I think he's going to have I, I, what I call with my cats. He's going to have a bug up his butt. He's going to get that little jolt, that little bo- jolt of energy. And I think you're, you're going to see a different Nathan McKinnon tonight. If you go back and listen to the start of the show, I said, Ian St. Clair is going to come on and he's going to take Nathan McKinnon bull in a China shop to score a goal. You want to yeah. take him to score a goal tonight? I'm going to take him to score two goals. Ooh. I mean, you're, you're showing some sack here. I like it, man. McKinnon's coming out with two goals tonight. 
I, I really feel that if Nathan McKinnon gets two goals, I, I, and I, it, it's not that he's playing bad, he's getting shots, but it's one of those things in sports, like if the, to tie in the baseball, he's been snake bit. Like he, he's getting good chances, but a guys in the Tampa, Tampa players are getting their sticks on a shot or they're blocking him or Kucherov is getting his, getting his shoulders or getting his blocker or stick on it. So I, I think you're going to see an amped up Nathan McKinnon tonight. I, I, I just, and Kale McCarr coming off of the Norris trophy win that he got on Tuesday night. night. Yeah. I, I think you're going to see uh, an amped up Kale McCarr. And as I said, they're going to get an, a huge emotional boost when Kadri's on the ice. You're taking the abs tonight. Three-way money line. Three-way money line. I was talking about that too. You're getting a nice price of like one, right around 148 plus 148. So a lot of confidence. I like this. I like this. A lot of confidence. You can get Nathan McKinnon at plus 650 with multiple goals. So that could be a nice little payoff tonight. I like we'll it. Sprinkle on both. So you're you you, you think it's Kemper and you want Kemper. I, I I don't know if I want Kemper, but I think you have you have to go with Kemper just because of that possibility of it, it, if Frankie doesn't do what everyone wants him to do, then you're you're really up you're really up creek with no paddle. So you give Kemper one more shot and expect the guys in front of him to be better. I think that's the biggest thing that the, that the Avalanche have to do is they have to be better in their defensive zone. I mean, that, that giveaway that Josh Manson had on uh, one of the goals in the second period was just brutal. It was brutal. I mean, he, he thought Darren Helm was going to go up ice. It was just a miscommunication between the two of them. There were just bad, bad decisions in the neutral zone. Uh, Miko Rantanen uh, losing his guy on, on the Palat goal. I, I mean, it, just little mental mistakes and giveaways that really cost them. And and Tampa Bay is one of those teams. They don't need Colorado to give them free opportunities. You need Tampa to make them earn it. And I think we'll get back to that in game four. Um, I don't know how much it would cost day of game to fly from uh, Denver out to Tampa, but the get in price is $320. And this is, these are actually pretty good, good seats. I mean, this is like right on the blue line. Amazing. So it's very cheap to get into these games here. And I think that there's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, but the biggest one being this is the third straight Stanley Cup final here. It's almost like mm-hmm. ho-hum. We've done that. It's just really expensive. Are you getting into any of these games here coming back to town? You think you're getting into a game? I, I'm hoping that they'll we'll find a way to get into game five. But if we have to buy tickets, they're going to be just exorbitant. Yeah, I mean, if the Avs win game four and mm-hmm. the Avalanche have the ability, because the cup will be in Ball Arena for game mm-hmm. five, obviously, and that's just going to make the prices shoot up. But we, Joe, I mean, I said it would probably be cheaper to fly to Tampa Correct. and get tickets for Tampa to, to go to Tampa Bay than to buy tickets at Ball Arena. And that's <sighs> proving to be true. So it, it's just, I, I, and I get it. I, the fan, and I, I have a feeling at, this is the case with all Florida fans. They're all bandwagon fans to begin with. Yes. They'll support any team that wins, but they won't support it if they don't. So as soon as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lose Tom Brady, you're going to see that fan base shrink down. So 
it's going to be an interesting game. I, I, I do have confidence in this team just because I've told you it, they're on a mission and they will not be denied. And they got punched in the face on Monday night and they're going to want to come back and, and respond in kind. I know I got caught up though. I was like, Oh, here we go. After that first goal, they ended up calling it back. I'm like, Oh, they're just going to come out and dominate tonight. Cause they won the first period, the two first periods that they had in games one and two. And I really thought they would do it. And that might be another bet to look at again. I'm keeping it simple tonight. I'm just going to take the abs on the money line. It's as simple as that. I'm not going to mess around, go out, make my one bet. Let's go. I don't mind your plus 650 at all. I actually think it's, you know, two or more goals. Maybe I could sprinkle on one Nathan McKinnon goal. But at this point, let's just get this thing back to Colorado and keep moving on. Absolutely. And, yes. I, I, and, and that's the goal. I, I think you're going to see them get back to what they do well. And that's utilize their speed. No, no matter what Tampa Bay and uh, apparently the, the king of um, uh, making uh, – alterations to his team or responses for Tampa Bay and John Cooper, they can't respond to the speed. And if, if Colorado gets back to playing with its speed and being sharp and being smart in the neutral zone and how they dump pucks in. And I think that's the big thing that we heard from Jared Bednar is the Az got cute at times. Just be simple. Be, they need to take your mantra of betting this game to playing this game. Yeah. Be simple. If there's nothing there, get the puck in, just dump it in and get off and you make a change. Don't do anything above normal don't do anything risky if you if you're in your own zone don't make the cute play just get it out however it takes just get it out and don't let tampa bay get set up in its own zone so take that same mindset to being just do your job the old bill bell the old bill belichick mantra and i think i think that's what we'll see tonight big news here Braden points out nick paul in nikita kucherov in what do you not like about Kucherov? I had to remind I had to remind myself. You hate this guy, don't you? I just think he's a dirty player. I I mean that hit that he had on Manson. Mm-hmm. That I, I mean that that that's a dirty hit. And then the the thing that was I, I don't want to say it's funny because it's never funny when a guy gets injured. But he tried to sell that board from Devon Taves. Like his whole point was trying to sell that, and he injured himself in the process. It wasn't a dirty hit by Taves. Taves. I mean, just a couple of seconds prior to that. He did the same thing. Kucherov did the same thing to Taves. Mm-hmm. So in the process of one shift, he boards Josh Manson and then cross-checks Devon Taves. And he's done this throughout the course of his career. He's a great player, but he's just one of those guys where he has a punchable face. He's like Darren McCarty. <laughs> he's like Darren McCarty. <laughs> I mean, That's a he's, great he's line. More, he's, more, he's more talented than Darren McCarty because Darren McCarty was a goon. But Nikita Kucherov has that same goonish, punchable face that you just, and he just, I mean, he, and he is fantastic when he just plays the game, aside from the antics that goes on on the ice. Uh, updated handle here tonight, the 52% of the money's on Tampa Bay, 53% of the bets on the, um, on the Avs. That's interesting. Um, and then we got the total here, 73% of the money is on the over. Over six. We've had some goals in this series, huh? So that doesn't surprise me. I, I, it's kind of tough to take it under at this point. I, I think so, because the trend, and if the Avalanche play as well as I think they will, and Nathan McKinnon does his thing, yeah, I mean, you're going you're gonna to see them. And Kadri playing. Yeah. I mean, 
the one thing to keep an eye on is the power play. And, and here's another thing that really stood out to me. I saw, we saw the lack or or, or the, the injury issues really shine in game three, John Cooper, whenever TJ Comfer and that second line was on the ice, Cooper threw the Stamkos line out there. That's where I think it's imperative that Kadri is on the ice because that second line will be able to match up against Stamkos. As good as Comfer has been, I've said this to you throughout the playoffs, he's, he's not great defensively, and that line struggled mightily against the Stamkos line. So if, if Kadri plays, that offsets that. It, it offsets because John Cooper and Tampa have the last change now, and they took advantage of that from the first two games when Colorado had the first change. That's like whoever plays against the Stamkos line has to be better than that Comfer second line was on in game three on, on Monday. All right, buddy, I'm seeing a lot of avalanche stuff up on Play Colorado. Talk to me. What's going on right now? So the, the best story that we have up is Kim Pomponio talked about and found out why avalanche fans sing all the small things with under 10 minutes to go as long as they're leading, although they – did it in game one when it was tied. I thought that was a bold strategy. But he found out why they sing all the small things when it started, why it started, and how it's become a thing. Yep. And I, I I just think it's an awesome tradition. I never thought that Blink a Blink-182 song would be sung 23 years after its release, but uh, here we are. And how cool would it be if we could get DeLong and the two other members of Blink-182 to put their crap aside, come back together, and sing or perform all the small things for the parade. Yeah, I was just hoping that they would fade away and we'd never have to talk about them again. So <laughs> thanks for bringing it back up. Really appreciate that. Of course. My friend, it's always good talking with you. Thank you, Ian St. Clair. Thank you, Holden. All right, coming up next, AFC West Report. Get you news and notes from all four teams. Some odds as well from the AFC West here on the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. All right, let's get to the AFC West report. Many camps have wrapped up. Off-season has wrapped up, really, for the players. Next time they report is going to be in late July. As a matter of fact, it's going to be July 27th, and there's a whole bunch of practices for the fans. They're going to make players available to you once again. So that'll be nice, right? I remember in recent years, couldn't even go with the COVID situation. So at least now... You can go, you can bring the family, you can go get autographs, you can be around the team, and you can get your your look at uh, Russell Wilson. The AFC West report, what I do is go through all four teams in the division. I'll give you the lines as well, and uh, and we'll go from there. Now, the AFC West odds, as it stands right now, a little movement with Denver. Uh, Kansas City still the favorite at plus 160. You've got the Chargers at plus 240. Denver was plus 260 for a while. And now they're at plus 280. So some of the money uh, must have come in elsewhere. And then the Raiders at plus 600. Whew. As far as win totals go, 
The Broncos to make the playoffs. We'll get to the win total in a second. To make the playoffs minus one thirty-seven. Uh, for for instance, the Chiefs are minus two twenty to make the playoffs. Chargers minus one sixty-seven. Raiders to make the playoffs plus one eighty, and the Broncos again minus one thirty-seven to not make the playoffs. You're getting plus one seventy-five price on the Chiefs, plus one ten on the Chargers, minus two twenty-five on the Raiders. And then you're getting plus 113 on the Broncos. So again, just like the AFC odds, that's what you have for the playoffs. As far as the wins go, and if you've been listening to this, you know I have a bet on the over 10 wins for the Broncos. It's minus 110 on both sides. I think at the least we push that bet. At the least 10 and 7, 11 and 6 is definitely within the realm of possibility. Uh, with the Chiefs, their win total a little bit higher at 10 and a half minus 110. Chargers, 10 wins also, with the difference being the Broncos are minus 110 to the over 10, and the Chargers are minus 134 to the over 10. Uh, again, I'm still just not feeling the Chargers. I get it, and we'll talk about them in a minute. Revamped defense, terrific young quarterback. Staley's got a lot to prove. And then for the Raiders, eight and a half, eight and a half wins. Uh, minus 110. Interesting. Very, 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 very interesting. Okay, so those are all the odds. Let's get into the actual teams, and I want to give you some updates from what's happened in the offseason with all the teams. We'll start with the Broncos, though. It was cool to see Russell Wilson and Peyton Manning hanging out again. A lot of photos now. They got photos of the two watching film. They were hanging out at Coors Field recently, taking batting practice. I like this a lot. Because Russell Wilson is learning from the second best ever quarterback how to do it. Uh, and I heard Bart Scott talking about how Peyton Manning was the guy he feared having to play a lot more than Tom Brady. And I get that in game. I mean, just from a pure passing standpoint, I think Peyton Manning the better passer. But there is something with an intangible to Brady to where no matter where he goes, he wins. So I'll give Peyton Manning number two. And, and check this stat out again after 10 years. Russell Wilson has thrown 292 career touchdown passes. The only guy with more in his first 10 seasons is Peyton Manning, 306. So Manning, number one at 306. Russell Wilson, number two at 292 through 10 seasons. And he also, Russell Wilson, has one more touchdown pass than Dan Marino through his first 10 seasons. Now, you've got a lot of high-scoring offenses in the AFC West, Okay. Um, I see some of these games getting out of hand, like he heavy, heavy offense, at least once against the Chiefs, at least once against the Chargers, if not both games, at least once against the Raiders, if not both games. So this is what I'm thinking. I think the Broncos and Russell Wilson are going to be in some higher scoring games this season, and it's something to keep on the back of our minds as the season gets closer. Uh, again, it's a low total. What is it? Maybe 40 and a half, 41, 41 and a half for the Seattle game to open the season. Uh, maybe we'll look at the Broncos team total in week one. But again, maybe we'll be grading on a little bit of a curve and giving Wilson and the Broncos a little bit of room to get better as the season goes on. Um, so number three I want to get to is the running back position. Melvin Gordon. He has the fifth most touchdowns in the National Football League since 2017. Fifth most since 2017. 55 of them as a matter of fact. Here's the guys ahead of him. Alvin Kamara, first, 68, is with the Saints. Todd Gurley, basically retired with 63. 
Didn't even do anything last year. Still 63. That guy's a touchdown machine. Derrick Henry, over the last five years, tied with Gurley, 63. Devontae Adams, 57. And then tied for fifth, Melvin Gordon and Tyreek Hill. I love what Melvin had to say, too, during minicamp. I know a lot of people want me to take the back seat, and I get it. It's been like that for a while. It was like that with the Chargers. Everyone worried Austin Eckler to start. I just come out here, do my thing. Thanks for the motivation, everybody. I appreciate y'all. Only way Melvin Gordon's going to be the starter is if Javante has an injury. Knock on wood, that doesn't happen. I'm not superstitious, but I'll do it for you anyways just for bringing it up. But um, this is great. A hungry, hungry Melvin Gordon is a good thing for the Denver Broncos. AFC West report continues. Let's get to the Chargers again. The Chargers, minus 167 to make the playoffs. Win total of 10, minus 134 to the over. Three things that stand out here, okay? Last season, the Chargers, 19th in pressure rate. And on third and long. And on third and long, the team actually ranked 25th in pressure rate. So they were 19th in pressure rate overall, 25th on third down pressure rate. Not good. But they bring in Khalil Mack. And you throw Mack with Boa, uh, Bosa together. They might have a decent pass rush, huh? Um, they brought in Sebastian Joseph Day. They brought in Austin Johnson, too, for the defensive line. But my God, uh, signing Mack, who I think could get back to being where he needs to be in, in his early years with the Bears. He'll be revitalized, rejuvenated, early 30s, 30, 31 years old. J.C. Jackson came in. But these are two guys that can help a defense that allowed 139 yards per game on the ground last year. Remember, they got gashed. So they've got a couple things going for them against the run. That was the way to beat the Chargers last year, and it worked a lot. Uh, they built up their O-line with back-to-back first-round selections over the last two years, so I think the offensive line will be improved around Justin Herbert. And what about the minicamp standout? Stand Who's the standout? Well, it's a wide receiver, okay? Joshua Palmer. Palmer and Jalen Guyton competing for the third receiver role. And if the Chargers are looking to make Guyton a bigger, or make them him a bigger role in the special teams, I think Palmer could really step up here. It's Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. We know Williams has a hard time staying on the field. Joshua Palmer. I think there's enough yards in this offense where Palmer is a guy that could emerge, maybe be a fantasy football option for you. And Justin Herbert, maybe with the most important thing that he said all offseason about Justin Palmer, he said, Joshua Palmer, I should say, says, I trust him. Justin Herbert trusts him. That's big. Okay, the Chiefs, 10.5 win total, minus 110 to the over. Minus 220 make the playoffs. So, I think the big question here is how do you, how do you, who steps up and how do you fill Tyreek Hill's shoes? So, you've got Marquez Valdez-Scantling, formerly with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, and this guy Get a lot of thumbs up. And Juju Smith-Schuster, who really has been disappointing since Antonio Brown left the Steelers. You know, he's not a number one guy, but he can be a number two and a really good number two. Uh, and Andy Reid likes both of them. He says, I really like the way those two worked. They got a nice connection with Pat Mahomes, of course. So he goes, I'd be curious to see what it looks like with live bullets, but I wouldn't expect much different than what I've been seeing. So Mahomes apparently establishing a strong rapport with MVS, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, and Juju. So I think when we look at it, there's not going to be a difference maker like Tyreek Hill. 
And we'll see what Kelsey's got left, too. I still think he's got some left, but he looked a little bit older toward the end of last year. But Kelsey's going to be their number one receiver. He's basically the number one wide receiver out there. He's led the league in, in yards. Him and Tyreek were like one and two a couple of years ago. Uh, who's going to be that number two? We'll see. But Marquez Valdez-Scantling getting a little more talk than anybody else right now. Uh, what about their running back situation? They haven't been able to run the ball well in the Mahomes era, to be perfect. And the Chiefs released Darrell Williams, and they brought back Jarek McKinnon. Okay? Now, McKinnon is a pass-catching specialist, and Reed said you can't have enough running backs. Obviously, right? So they've got Brandon Bolden uh, in, in Oakland. Here, they brought back Melvin Gordon. They didn't have to do any shuffling in L.A. with the Chargers because they're going to be bringing back Austin Eckler. And with the Chiefs, it'll be Clyde Edwards-Elair. It'll be Ronald Jones, a cast-off from a second-round pick from the Bucks, And now Jarek McKinnon. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see their backfield. They have had struggles running the football, and I kind of feel like uh, they don't run the football this year. Without Tyreek Hill, they're going to be in a little bit of trouble. The other thing to keep in mind, though, is that last year they played two, two high safeties against the Chiefs, and that really limited Tyreek Hill. Not from the standpoint that he didn't accumulate the yards, but it was boom or bust for him a lot. And that's something else to keep an eye on in this offense. How vertical is it going to be? Uh, Valdez Scantling can stretch the field. How often do they do that with him? Uh, third with the Chiefs, though, defensively, they were 29th in the league with 31 sacks last year. And you saw it. The Chargers are trying to get better. The Broncos are trying to get better. They have the best defense in the division. Uh, every team's trying to get better there to stop Mahomes, now Herbert, and now Russell Wilson, and even Carr and Devontae Adams. So some big additions here for the Chiefs. Justin Reed, the safety. They drafted a couple of young guys, defensive end, uh, George Karlaftis, and cornerback Trent McDuffie. So Reed's got to fill in for the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthews, gone. McDuffie maybe filling in for Sharavius Ward. And then the rookie, Karlaftis, in for Melvin Ingram. There's some big names that have left, especially Tyron Matthew. That being said, okay, that being said, that defense was awful last year. It's hard to see it being much worse, especially the first eight weeks and then into the playoffs. They had a good eight or nine-week stretch from around the midpoint to the end of the regular season, but it, it just didn't hold. And with Matthew gone, Sharavius Ward in San Francisco and Ingram in Miami, <whistles> could be another long season for the Kansas City defense. All right, let's get to the Raiders now. The Raiders, once again, uh, yes to make the playoffs, plus 180. Games to win in the regular season, you think they get to nine again? Eight and a half, minus 110. Got to be tough for them to do that. Really, really believe it. Derek Carr. Okay, if you'll go back to, I was looking for Derek Carr's best performance last year, and it was week six against the Broncos. 18 completions, 27 attempts. He didn't even throw the ball that much, but he completed two-thirds of his passes. He went for 347 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. He had two drops, and Carr had an adjusted 83.3% adjusted completion percentage. Wow. Wow. So Derek Carr, watch out. Might have a nice game against the Broncos. Last year's best game last year was against the Broncos. Number two for the Raiders, the running back room. Brandon Bolden is in town. Okay. Josh McDaniels in town, new head coach. And he brings over Brandon Bolden from New England. 
Now the news is that Josh Jacobs is not going to be the bell cow anymore. They're going to work other running backs in there. Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, Amir Abdullah, Brandon Bolden. You got the two draft picks, Amir White and Britton Brown. I don't know if Bolden's going to make it, but I think they have some depth there in that running back room. I don't see anybody that really is a transcendent playmaker, but it's not a bad running back room. I, I, I think... The number one running back room in the West is the Broncos. The number two would be the Chargers with Eckler. And then you'd have to go uh, Raiders and then Kansas City. Uh, number three, I want to recap what the Raiders did this offseason. They spent a lot of money. They re-upped Derek Carr for three years, 121 mil. They signed Devontae Adams after trading for him, five years, 140 mil. Max Crosby, defensive end, four years, 99 mil. Chandler Jones, three years, the outside linebacker. And then they just had Hunter Renfro, two years, 32 mil. So that's over $440 million in maximum commitments to five players. This team basically has a window of about three years here. And after that, they're going to have a lot of trouble signing guys unless they get very, 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 very creative. And I don't think that they have the core to compete with the other three teams in the division. So I think the Raiders are in for a bit of trouble. Um, if not only this year, maybe for a long time. Last thing I wanted to get to was the ownership news. The Broncos have new owners. We know that, right? Well, what about the Chargers? Dean Spanos, their owner. He was sued by his sister. What? Repeated breaches of fiduciary duty, duty, misogynistic behavior, self-dealing and such. So, you know, it was a while ago that <laughs> what, like two weeks ago? A while ago that the Broncos were looking for an owner. Well, there's some massive dysfunction right now with the LA Chargers. And from everything I remember of my long, long years in the sports industry, when your ownership is shaky, it usually trickles down to the rest of the organization. They do have Justin Herbert, but we'll see if they'll be able to get over uh, more dysfunction with ownership. All right, go abs. You got the best bets. Uh, appreciate that. Stephen Young, our producer, appreciate you cutting this thing up. And I'll be back later in the week with more abs picks right here on the Denver CityCast. Presented by Bet Rivers.